0: chef marcus giuliano here welcome to chef on a mission radio episode number what episode are we at here i think number 68 episode number 68 today's lesson um, is wild mushrooms wild mushrooms well, before we jump into that, um, this is all made possible because of my restaurant, Aroma Time Bistro, T-H-Y-M-E Bistro in Ellenville, New York, and I'm 90 miles north of New York City in the Catskills in Hudson Valley, right on the Schwunga Mountain Range, right before, um, actually right in Ellenville, um, but we are 90 miles north, been here since 2003, been open since 2003, we were the first certified green restaurant in upstate New York from the Green Restaurant Association, and um we're having a lot of fun up here having a lot of fun so come visit us Wow, well, if you're ever in the area come say hello to me would love to see you meet you all that kind of stuff and of course our other sponsor is vip winery vacations that's my tour company because my wife and i have built relationships through the restaurant we are um have a lot of m- lot of friends in the wine world, a lot of friends that actually own wineries in Spain, in Italy, um, in all of New York, uh, California, and now Baja, Mexico, Baja, California, Valle de Guadalupe, ma- major, major wine region in Mexico. It's called the Napa Valley of, of uh, Mexico. If you don't know anything about it, look it up. In fact, go to my website, bestmexicanwinetours.com, and you'll see all the good stuff down there. Uh, I am going for the second time within the, within six weeks because I love it so much down there. We're launching a trip in 2022. So check that out on bestmexicanwinetours.com. But basically you're traveling with me, um, the sh- uh, a chef who knows the owners of the restaurants, uh, of, the, of the wineries, and we are going to have a great time. They roll out the red carpet. It's a VIP treatment. Uh, my wife and I discovered many years ago that when you have... When you know somebody at a winery, when you're announced, and you know somebody, you have a connection, uh, these uh, wineries in Italy, here in New York, all over, all over the world, the winery owners, the vineyard, uh, the winemakers, the, the owners, they want to do something special for you. Because somebody called and said, hey, so-and-so is coming, they own a restaurant, so-and-so is coming, they're a VIP. And we noticed that when we would do these type of visits to wineries, our experience was different than just showing up and making a reservation and doing a tasting, which was much, much different. Um, so we wanna share that experience with you of what it's like to be an expected guest, what it's like to be to have the host know you already basically before you show up and thus VIP Winery Vacations uh, lifetime memories are not optional. Uh, they, every winery rolls out the red carpet for us. It's an amazing, amazing experience. So go to vipwineryvacations.com and uh, see all the places that we cover and do wine trips. All right, mushrooms. Chefs do something that I really don't like and chefs are doing this and it's really not ethical or 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 it's, it's very misleading what a lot of chefs do and restaurant owners when it comes to mushrooms. Chefs love to use the term wild mushrooms. Wild mushrooms indicate the word wild. Um, in French, it's called sauvage, sauvage. Uh, and that's the term, if you see a French restaurant that the word sauvage is on there, it means wild. But they love to use um, the term wild mushrooms when they use a mixture of mushrooms. And really, there's nothing wild about most of the mushrooms that they're using these wild mushroom mixes. So here in the Northeast or here in the United States, um, I love to forage. I love to forage locally here in the Northeast where I live. and I forage black trumpets, chanterelles, a little bit of morels when I'm lucky, and lots and lots of mayatakes. I get a good amount of oysters every year, oyster mushrooms, and every now and then I get some some nice porcinis, but that's not that often the porcinis, Uh, and um, when you go to a restaurant and you get a pasta dish or chicken dish, and it says wild mushrooms, they're putting in there typically portobello's uh, Portobellos and or curminis, same mushroom just different size, different ages and I learned that many, many years ago when I was visiting a mushroom farm in Colorado Rocra Rockra mushrooms in Alamosa. They were picking one hundred and ten thousand pounds of mushrooms a week there and um, big big farm you could smell it for gee, 10, 15 miles away because to grow mushrooms, cultivate mushrooms you need to um, have some kind of decaying waste and chicken manure was the preference of that. And um, you could smell the fermenting stacks of chicken manure for miles and miles. And you have to age it for like six weeks and then put it in boxes and put it in a dark room and proper humidity and things like that and sport. And all of a sudden, you'll have all kinds of mushrooms. So I learned that the portobello mushroom is indeed a cremini mushroom, just two different ages. The longer, the older it grows, uh, the older it is, the bigger it is. It's a portobello instead of cremini. So chefs put portobellos or cremini, they put shiitakes, and they put oyster mushrooms, into these mixes that they call wild mushrooms. Now, those three mushrooms, which are the easiest for a chef to buy, the most inexpensive for a chef to buy, they're calling them wild. Now, here's the real reality of, and me being a forager for 20 plus years, just since the mid nineties, I've been foraging mushrooms. I lived in West Virginia. I used to get a lot of morels. I used to live right next to the state park and walk the stream in the morning and in the afternoon and uh, picked a lot of morels back then. So the reality is, Those three mushrooms that I mentioned, porcinis, shiitakes, and um, portobellos, creminis, shiitakes, and oysters, are the easiest for a chef to buy. But they like to use the word wild when those are indeed cultivated. Now, where do shiitakes grow? Where do portobellos grow? Where do oyster mushrooms grow if we were to actually pick them wild? So oyster mushrooms do grow here in the Northeast. They grow across the United States. I forage them, I'm in the woods every day. I only picked like 10 pounds, 15 pounds of oyster mushrooms this whole summer. And I'm out a lot and I picked 10, 15 pounds. Um, And so I just, you buy two cases of of five pound mushrooms or two cases, three pound mushrooms, and you're almost at like what I got for the year, three cases and um, you're at 10 pounds. So oyster mushrooms um, and nine pounds, 10 pounds of oyster mushrooms is like one week supply in a restaurant, if that, right? Uh, You can go through them really, really quickly. So oyster mushrooms do grow wild, but you know, for a chef to be out there foraging and putting them on a menu, especially in a larger restaurant, it's not possible. They're buying cultivated shiitakes. Shiitakes grow mostly in Japan, wild on hardwoods like oak. Um, there's been very, very few sightings or reported sightings of wild shiitakes here in America, here in the Northeast, like New Hampshire, um, um, Massachusetts, Vermont, things like that. There's very, very few. Cited cases of wild shiitake. So, if you're here in New York and you have around in the Northeast or anywhere, they're not out there foraging shiitake mushrooms. Portobellos do grow throughout Europe, and they are. There is a summer crop here in New York and in, in the Northeast area, or in, in, in certain parts of the United States. But again, they're smaller quantities. I've never heard a forager say, "Oh my gosh." I wouldn't score big on portobellos today. I wouldn't score big on portobellos. I've never, ever, ever heard a forager say that. They're scoring on, here are the mushrooms they're scoring on if they're going out. Morels, chanterelles, black trumpets, porcinis, maitakes. Those are the five here in the Northeast that are, lion's mane as well. I think those are the ones that they're scoring the most. So here's the problem with, with why chefs are calling these wild mushrooms. Because most consumers are used to the wild, to the to the white button mushroom, to the white button mushroom that is all over the place, which is the cheapest cheapest mushroom you can buy. Um, so that is that's the mushroom that that most consumers are used to. You walk in the store, and that's the first thing they pick up. But because they are, there's other varietals like the shiitake or the enoki. The enoki, those little tiny string-like ones because they're picking up a mushroom that doesn't resemble the white mushroom, they're saying, oh, these are different mushrooms. These are more like an heirloom mushroom. These are more, these mushrooms are wild mushrooms. When in fact, these chefs are not, they're just misusing the term wild on there. By the way, chefs misuse the term wild on a couple other things too, mainly salmon. Um, Salmon is the number one, number one thing that chefs misuse. Um, and a lot of nice restaurants too will claim their salmon's wild, and it's not. It's, it's farm raised. And um, I've done many, many topics on farm raised. I've had many guests on my YouTube channel for farm raised versus wild, and the detriment of farm raised versus wild. And there really is no good way to raise salmon in open pens in the ocean. They all get lice. They all get disease. They all, no matter no matter what it is, there's issues with it. No matter how sustainable, how organic, how great their marketing program is what chef they chef they endorse and pay money or Martha Stewart it, it's just it's all the same open pen net farmed salmon from the ocean is a detriment to the environment to the salmon to your health to the salmon's health to everything um it's just how how detrimental is it if it's organic or or more sustainably raised it's, it's all the same all the same um inland containment systems are a totally different situation we're not talking about salmon right now but just always like to throw salmon in there If you're watching this, you can see in the corner down there, my McLean's um, Seafood Bible right here, which I've used for years, even before pre-internet existence, before we had a computer in the chef's office, Um, McLean's was the way to, uh, that was the Bible for for seafood, if you're watching this. And I used to get all my information out of that book. So um, that was what seafood vendors would use. That was their go-to. That's an old book, um, but very, very accurate back then and uh, major reference. So back to the mushrooms. Chefs are just saying those are wild mushrooms because you, because most of us just don't associate when, if, if somebody said to you, Hey, go to the store to pick me up some mushrooms, you'd go pick up basically a box of a, a container of white button mushrooms, white mushrooms. Those are the ones you'd basically pick up uh, because that's the most common type. So I think chefs need to, to, to really watch that term wild and um, leave that term wild. For the foragers that actually are out there foraging the mushrooms wild, um, and and have that uh, have that responsibility, and again, you can buy a lot of wild mushrooms in restaurants. And I can go online to my distributors here and um, buy wild porcini. I can buy wild uh, puffballs, wild cauliflower mushrooms. I can buy all the wild uh, lobster mushrooms. There's a ton of wild mushrooms to buy. Now, sometimes chefs are really using wild mushrooms when they say wild mushrooms, and they could be using um these mushrooms however some of these mushrooms are extremely expensive like right now if I were to buy porcini mushrooms for three pounds it's 90 bucks 90 bucks for three pounds I can get number twos for about 55 for three pounds um so in fact while I'm here talking I'm going to go on and uh, reference some more mushrooms here with our distributor and just tell you some for instance prices um uh, what mushrooms would typically cost for wild. Now, one of the most common things when chefs are truly using wild is using a wild blend of mushrooms that are dried, which are much more affordable. So, chefs will buy things like um, dried, uh, you can buy dried um, uh, black trumpet mushrooms, you can buy dried porcini. They make a mixture of four, five, three different mushrooms in there, and then the chef can rehydrate them and then actually put them into a sauce or a soup. So those are where they are telling the truth, but they are dried, nothing wrong with dried. All right, so I'm going down my list here. Um, shiitakes, uh, organic oyster mushrooms, organic anokis. These are all cultivated oysters, uh, large Uh Let's see here chanterelle mushrooms peak season uh speak season somewhere uh three pounds fifty six dollars for three pounds of of wild chanterelle mushrooms right now um uh, when three pounds of shiitakes are eighteen to twenty dollars almost twice the price more than twice the price um let's see here uh, this is all cultivated king oyster mushrooms are cultivated oyster mushrooms are cultivated Ooh, chanterelles, small chanterelles. $81 for three pounds. Right now, $81 for three pounds of those. Um, myitake is all cultivated here. Let's see, tons and tons of mushrooms are available. Myitake um, hen of the woods, these are cultivated. They do come wild, but they all cultivate. So here's the thing, like I can go on and buy myitake mushrooms right now, hen of the woods cultivated. Three pounds for $50. It's going to be a beautiful product. Those typically grow wild in the Northeast. So, if a chef were to buy cultivated ones, he could logistically say they're wild because the wild ones are in abundance around here for two weeks out of the fall. But these ones he's buying are not wild. These are not the wild ones. These are the farm raised or these are the cultivated ones. Um, black trumpets, three pounds for black trumpets right now, $91 for three pounds of black trumpets. Um, Let's see. Um, Eight ounces, so $32 a pound for chanterelles. Um, Porcinis, grade one, three pounds, $96 for three pounds of wild porcinis. Dried porcinis, one pound, $43. Uh, and that, of course, expands three, four, five times its weight. So chefs love to put that into risotto, and I don't do that too. You buy you buy them dried, and you reconstitute them, and you have them. Um, so they usually have cauliflower and other mushrooms here too, puff balls. Uh, let's see, just a lot of cultivated stuff, lots and lots. See, so I'm going through. I probably gone through. Um, I don't know. Gee. 100 mushroom options right now. And there's only been four that are really, truly wild. Um, li- organic lion's means that's cultivated. Um, matsutake, Matsutake mushrooms, um, grade one, two pounds, $80. Those are wild, two pounds, $80 for two pounds. And I believe you can also cultivate matsutakis. Matsutakis are a great mushroom. Um, I haven't used those in a while because they're expensive. They're really expensive. Number one porcini's, number one porcini's, forty-five dollars a pound. Forty-five dollars a pound for a number one porcini, grade one porcini. Hedgehogs, three pounds, sixty bucks. Sixty bucks for three pounds. Those are wild. Six, three bucks, uh, three pounds, sixty dollars. These are wholesale prices, by the way, folks. If you were to go into like Zaybars or anywhere in New York City for hedgehog mushrooms, they're going to hit you for probably thirty bucks a pound uh, as a consumer. And again, just tons and tons of of, of cauliflower mushrooms. Here we go, three pounds ninety eight and eighty one dollars. Three pounds eighty one dollars. And again, I'm just scrolling down. Dried morels, a half an ounce, half an ounce of dried morels, eleven bucks. Uh, dried morel mushrooms, one pound of dried morel raw mushrooms. Two hundred and two dollars for one pound of dried morel mushrooms right now. Um, black trumpets, dried black trumpets, sixty-five dollars for one pound. All right, so I think that gives, and there's still more mushrooms. This distributor has an insane amount of stuff. Oh, yellow foots, uh, three pounds, sixty bucks. Sixty bucks for three pounds. Lobster mushrooms. I was talking about lobster mushrooms before. Um, beautiful mushroom. Not much flavor I find, but they're orange like lobster. Uh, but they're nice and firm, and they're not really prone to worms, so you can forage them. I've only picked them once or twice, um, not many times at all. Three pounds, $77 for three pounds. So this is more expensive than, than scallops. These are more expensive than filet mignon. These are more expensive than rack of lamb, more expensive than venison. Uh, these, these Mushrooms can be, can be pricey. So California morel mushrooms. I don't know if these are cultivated or not. There are some places doing cultivated, but three pounds, $110 for three pounds. I don't think it's season for morels in California right now. I don't imagine. Um, Let me click this and see if they say wild or not. We get a better description here. Uh, Our earliest morels are coming from olive orchards and vineyards in Central California near Fresno. They grow naturally alongside olives and grapes. Good rainfall early in the season brings high volumes it says they're available I don't know if they're they are available um these are from California uh three pounds 110 dollars for three pounds so folks that's a story that's a real story with with wild mushrooms so when you go to a store when you go to a restaurant and they're saying wild mushrooms got to be wary totally wary of that and there's nothing wrong with chanterelles there's nothing wrong with creminis. there's nothing wrong with oyster mushrooms. There's nothing wrong with with the stuff that's farmed. as long as the restaurant is truthful in that. hundred percent truthful. I don't think you can I don't think unless a consumer really knows or you watch us or listen to me talk here about really what these mushrooms are about that you would even question or ever question. Uh, but for chefs, you know we go through chefs that go through schooling uh, through a formal education, which um, you don't learn much in a formal education. Uh, the one thing you do learn is how to market. There's are always a marketing class and you are taught how to use keywords. Like we were taught, like how to be very descriptive on a menu. The more descriptive you are, the more you can charge for your food. The more information you give, the more descriptive, the more you can charge, right? So um, what is more descriptive? Mushroom medley, chef's mushroom medley or wild mushrooms Well, wild mushrooms are more descriptive There's more of an allure to the word wild Ooh, wild mushrooms somebody was out foraging mushrooms this is it automatically paints this picture in your mind which is a perceived value on the dish totally perceived value on the dish by using the word wild as opposed to sauteed mushrooms sauteed chef's blend um sauteed, sauteed medley of mushrooms sauteed wild mushrooms so that's just really ingrained in us um right from the beginning when we go through into culinary school and you take these marketing classes menu descriptive menu classes on writing menus so that's just part of the game and that's what we're always taught and uh, I know when I know when I went through this in 1991 1992 um you know pan seared roasted wild are the things really wild heirloom varietals and heirloom wasn't a big thing back in there back in the early 90s heirlooms are a big thing right now Heirloom, heirloom Eggplant, heirloom this, heirloom that. So um that's a story on mushrooms, folks. Hope you enjoy that little mushroom dissertation there. If you do forage mushrooms, uh, I suggest you go with somebody who knows what they're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, go online. There's a lot of great books, there's a lot of great websites, there's a lot of great groups on Facebook that'll help you identify mushrooms. So if you pick a mushroom and you can't identify it, people text me all the time, what is this? What is this? And I only I only when I go forage, I only go after the mushrooms I 100% know. I don't take any guessing games. So I go after black trumpets they are super easy to find, uh, chanterelles easy to find, uh morels if I can find them. I know I definitely know what they look like. Uh oyster mushrooms, um maitake, porcini. Those are about the six mushrooms that I'm 100% comfortable with uh to forage and eat myself, those are the ones that I'm totally 100% comfortable with. Other mushrooms, eh, I, don't, I don't fool around with that. And those are really what, what's what's around here locally. As a chef, I've had the luxury of working in restaurants and hotels that these mushrooms would come in, the true wild versions of them would come in and I would see them for years upon years, You know, working at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs, working at these places that had the budget to bring these in. And you could just see them as so for years I worked at the real wild versions of them so when I saw them out growing in the woods I was like that's exactly what that is I know what that is that's an easy one right that's a black trumpet that's a chanterelle that's a that's a nice porcini that's a my that's a nice looking myotake on the base of that oak tree there so there's certain rules you can follow but I would if you want to get into foraging it can be very rewarding but make sure you know what you're doing make sure you learn properly and um, take take whatever precautions you need to so every mushroom folks is toxic every single mushroom has a toxicity level that's how mushrooms work mushrooms are a sponge for dead debris uh, decaying debris in the forest they are a cleanup mechanism they go in and they they grow and thrive off of off of dead waste off of waste decaying so yeah it's a moisture and they grow overnight and in the right spot. And they, they have a really amazing underground like system of, of you know, like I don't wanna say a root system, but there's the spore system that goes underneath the ground is amazing. Um, you can read this more about this in Michael Pollins, one of Michael Pollins books, he talks about the mushroom spores and the under, underground system of these under the soil system, how they're connected, sort of connected. Um, but they go in like maitake mushrooms, grow around dead or dying oak trees. You will not find a maitake mushroom on a healthy oak tree. It needs the waste. Fungus needs waste. Uh, There's a very famous doctor in Rome, in Italy, uh, oncologist, Tulio Simoncini, which I've interviewed him on my podcast a couple of times. And I have his book here and he claims that cancer is a fungus and that cancer uh, is a fungus and that cancer actually... The tumors are actually cleanup mechanisms, like a mushroom. And he treats it with baking soda, which is a strong antifungal. Which he's having amazing, amazing success for decades treating cancer. But it goes against the orthodox method, and it stifles um, um, profits from pharmaceutical companies. So, of course, he's been persecuted, but in jail and all this kind of stuff for using baking soda to cure people, reverse cancer. I'm not sure you can use the word cure, but to reverse and help them with cancer, help them recover. So he says a mushroom is the same thing, that is a fungus, cancer's, a tumor's a fungus, and it's just going there to clean up the dead debris. So that being said, dead debris and all that, everything is toxic. Most mushrooms or a lot of mushrooms are, have such low toxicity levels that your body won't notice it. But other mushrooms that they call poisonous mushrooms they still have toxicity, but they have more toxicity or different type of toxicity than the other mushrooms. I was like, starting in the beginning here, when I visited rock River mushrooms back in 1998, uh, they were taking chicken manure and aging it for six weeks. Folks, that is dead and decaying waste. Six weeks of fermenting chicken manure to make it ready and prep it. You smell it, it's decaying waste. And that's how they grow butt mushrooms or their portobello mushrooms or their cremini mushrooms that's what they were using to grow all these mushrooms was this dead and decaying waste you need that because that's what the mushroom absorbs and fuels after six weeks um the chicken manure does not smell it's already past the fermentation point and it's already you know already point where everything in it is dead dead and done and not living anymore and and there's a lot of lot of stuff that a mushroom can go in there and absorb, and they can reuse this several times. By the way, uh, this 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 manure soil compost. So you ever notice that mushrooms will grow in a compost pile uh, very readily, or if you, if you you know abandon your compost pile and move compost piles and it's sitting there, and next year you got mushrooms popping out of it because the mushrooms love that. The mushrooms love the dead and decaying waste in there. So that's the story with mushrooms. So every mushroom's toxic, but they're just not enough toxic to affect you. Mushrooms are also very medicinal, by the way. Uh, if you look up any research on the medicinal properties of Mayatakis, Rishi, I pick rishis too, but they're not, they're not, they're not really edible or, or palatable. They are medicinal or medicinal, and so is um, why am I drawing blank? The black really hard ones that grow on um, birch, birch trees. Um, Shaga, shaga. I picked a lot of shaga, uh, shaga here in the Northeast and at a certain elevation here in the mountain, it becomes really, really prevalent. Like after 2000 feet, you can find lots of shaga and shaga is great as a medicinal. So you can look up the medicinal properties of, of mushrooms as well, lots of medicinal properties. So that's my rundown on mushrooms, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. Again, this is brought to you by Aromatime Bistro, T-H-Y-M-E Bistro, aromatymebistro.com. Check us out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and VIP Winery Vacations. Check us out there. uh, Follow us, and uh, we'd love to have you come travel with us. Love to have you come travel with us to my friends' wineries in wine country somewhere. Have a great day, folks. (laughs) We'll be right back. <laughs> back.